that God has been faithful to us. I know many of you can testify. In fact, put that in the comment section. Pastor, you're right. He has been faithful to me. He's been faithful to us. Amen. And we give him name, the praise, the glory, and the honor for his continued faithfulness towards us. It's not that we've been so good. It's not that we've been so kind. It's not that we've dotted every I and crossed every T. It's because of God's faithfulness that we have not been consumed. Amen. And we give God the praise, the glory um, for that. Grab your Bibles with me and journey with me to Luke, the gospel, Luke chapter 17. Verses 11 through 19. Luke chapter 17, 11 through 19. If you enjoyed our music ministry this morning, go ahead and put that in the comment section. Amen. Give it up to them. I thank God for them and I'm honored to be able to do ministry with them on a weekly basis. Amen. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Luke 17, 11 through 19. I was going to say, if you have it, say amen, but you're not here. But put it in the comments section, amen. Act like you're at church anyway and just put that in there, amen, if you already got it. And if you want to stand, you're more than welcome to stand, amen. It's been a while since we've done this. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And the reason is this. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master. Have mercy on us. He looked, up at, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed by their leprosy. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has, has no one returned to give me glory except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. I want to talk to you this morning from the topic, don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. Tell somebody in your house, say, family member, don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. We lift you up. You're so good. You're so faithful, Father God. If we had 10,000 tongues, it would not be enough to be able to thank you for your blessings and the wonderful things that you have done for us in our lives that we did not deserve, oh God, but you did it because you loved us. God, we ask that you will open up our hearts and our minds, oh God, as we go into your word, oh God, that we walk away with learning something new about you, Lord, falling in love with you more than we were earlier today, Father God, and ready to obey whatever your word says to do. It's in the strong name of Jesus we pray and everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Growing up, um, my nieces and nephews knew that around come their birthday or on their birthday, the day before their birthday or on their actual birthday, that they were going to receive a gift from Uncle Chip. I mean, they just knew it from the time they were little, just walk, coming into the world all the way until they was in their teenage years, almost in college. Amen. I had to drop it off at one point. I had to stop it at college age. Amen. But they knew that they were going to receive a birthday gift from Uncle Chip. It was one year my youngest nephew had sent this gift in the mail, and I got concerned because I had not heard from him. I had not, didn't get a text, didn't get anything on social media saying thank you. And so I asked my sister, I said, Sparkle, did Jay get the gift that I sent? She said, Chip, that boy got the gift. He done cashed the check. He done went on and spent it and did everything else with it. And she said, he didn't call to tell you thank you. I said, absolutely not. 
not. He didn't call to tell me nothing. He didn't say anything. He didn't give me a shout out on social media. He didn't call. He didn't text. He didn't do anything. So when he finally called me, he said, Uncle Chip, thank you so much for the birthday gift. I said, Jay, what happened? You called me about a week later thanking me for your birthday gift. He said, Uncle Chip, I honestly forgot to say thank you. Now, needless to say, I was in my feelings. I was in my feelings big time because I was proud of what I was able to do for my, for my nephew. But I felt some type of way that he had received the gift but had never said thank you for what I had given him. I felt taken advantage of and unappreciated, but there was something. I, I felt taken advantage of and, 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 and unappreciated, but there's something within our story today that many of us have been guilty of. When we have a sense of entitlement, meaning I'm owed this, gratitude and gratefulness no longer exist. I'm going to say that again because I know it may have hurt a little bit. I know I might have stepped on your toes real early in the message, but it's all good because I stepped on mine too. When we have a sense of entitlement, I'm owed this, gratitude and gratefulness no longer exist. Many of us, we have been that same way that my nephew was with me with God. God has blessed us with so much. God has given us so much. God has opened up doors. God has made ways out of no ways. <coughs> and we have bargained with we bargained with God and told God, God, if you bring me out of this, God, if you bring me through this, God, if you make this happen, I'm going to shout. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to give you honor. And as soon as God does his part, we easily forget to come back to be able to tell God, thank you. It's because we have had a sense of entitlement that I'm owed this, that God should do this for me, that God should make this way for me, that God should open this door for me, that God should provide in this way for me when he does not absolutely have to do any of that. But because he loves us, he does it anyway. But it is up to us to be able to tell God thank you for every blessing, for every open door, for every closed door, for every opportunity that God gives us. Our response to his blessings is to be able to say thank you. When we have a sense of entitlement, I'm owed this, gratitude and gratefulness will no longer exist because we think that we should have this. And then another thing that, we end, that ends up happening, when we expect the gift but lose reverence for the giver, we have missed the meaning of the blessing. When we expect the gift and we know and we're expecting God to open up doors and we're expecting God to do this and we lose reverence for the giver, we miss the meaning of the blessings. Oh, go, oh, go ahead, saints. How many of us can be able to attest to the fact that many of us have been like that before, that we have been there? Because the same way we get on our kids about being entitled, the same way we get on our children about saying thank you when we do something for them, the same way that we're on our kids when we want them to express gratitude for all the things that we have done, Holy Spirit is tapping you on your shoulder and saying, hey, as you're talking to your children, I'm here to talk to you as well. Because the same thing your children have done, you have have done the same thing with God that we expect the gift but we lose reverence for the giver and when that happens we miss the meaning of the blessing here in our story today I love this story because it's so powerful and it's so it, it, we can we can see ourselves in the text I love those scriptures in the Bible those stories in the Bible where we can be able to connect and see ourselves in the text the Bible says there are 10 
lepers, ten lepers, ten lepers, these ten men that have leprosy, that because they have the skin disease, the skin disease where, 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 where their skin would turn white or pink, where, 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 where it could lead to a loss of sensation. And if it leads to a loss of sensation for so long, they can begin to lose parts of their body. These ten lepers, because of their condition, according to the Levitical law, have to live outside of the town. They have to be excluded. They have to be in isolation. We know what that was like three years ago, to have to live in isolation. They have to live separate from everybody else in town. They can no longer be with their wives and their children. They can no longer go to church. They can no longer go down to the market and get food. They can no longer go shopping all about town. No, if they were to come in contact with anyone, they would have to walk out in front of them with the sign saying, unclean, unclean, unclean clean to let everybody know that I have can you imagine how embarrassing this is can you imagine what this does to a person's self-esteem that whenever I'm just I just want to go outside to get just a, a, a breath of fresh air but before I go out there and if there's anybody else around I have to announce to the whole world that I'm unclean They've learned how to live with other lepers because those are the only individuals that they could be able to be around. Now, understand this sense of God. There is no Walgreens. There is no CVS. There is no prompt care that they can be able to go and speak to someone in person to be able to get some medicine or some cream to take away this thing. No, they're having to deal with this for as long as it lasts. And then to add insult to injury, that in order for them to be accepted back into society, they would have to go to the priest, and the priest would have to declare them as, as clean. And then the priest would give them a certificate to be able to show everybody else that now that they're clean. Imagine mentally where they are. Imagine emotionally where they are. They can't touch anybody, and nobody can touch them. They can't be around anybody. And no one can be around them. But the Bible says that as they were standing there at the gate, as they were standing there at the village, and they saw this man named Jesus, I got to believe that his reputation had already preceded him, that when he got there, they knew they had heard something about this man named Jesus that prompted them, that said, hey, we got to say something. You know, this is man Jesus that we've heard about that's been going around and healing people. This is the same Jesus that, 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 that's been shutting down the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This is the same Jesus that experienced the lost boy coming back home. This is the same Jesus that has been doing miracles and signs and wonders. If we can just get his attention, maybe we can be clean and be whole as well. Look at the text. The text says, the text says that as they enter a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Oh man, I love this you all because it is so powerful that they understood that according to the law, we can't be around anybody else. No one can be around us, but it did not say that we had to shut up and could not open up our mouths. And when they saw Jesus, they said, hey, we're going to get this man's attention because maybe, just maybe we can be lucky enough that he can be able to heal us. And when they called on him, they said, Jesus, master, have mercy 
on us, have mercy on us. And there was something about their cry. It was something about their desperation that catches the attention of Jesus. Here it is, saints of God. And I almost want to shout right here because this is so good. This is so important that it does not make a difference where we may be in life. It does not make a difference what we may be experiencing in our lives. I like what Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye said, that there ain't no mountain high enough that can be able to keep him away from you. And the truth is, saints of God, there is no disease, there is no sin, there is no crisis that is large enough that can be able <coughs> to keep Jesus away from us. And even though they cannot touch him and he cannot touch them and they could not be around anybody else, they had enough sense to say, hey, they never said that we have to shut up our mouths, but they opened up their mouths and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And it was because of their plea and their desperation that catches the attention of Jesus. Here it is, saints of God, dig right there in that text. It shows us right there that Jesus hears the desperate cries of his children. It shows us right there, saints of God, and this is where we shout on right there, that there is something about the cries of the children of God that will cause for Jesus to stop in what he's doing, that it will grab his attention, that he will send his angels to come and to see about you. I don't care what you may be going through right now. I don't care what you may be facing right now, even in your homes, even where you are right now. It doesn't make a difference, but I did it Open up your mouth and say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. It was the cry of desperation that they said, we have nothing to lose. We have nothing to lose. So we're going to give it all that we get. And they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Look at what Jesus says. Jesus looked at them and said, go, show yourselves. To the priest. Uh-oh. Wait a minute, Jesus. You don't forget what the, Levit the Levitical law says. The Levitical law says you have been flipped around the wrong way. I am to go. I am to be healed and then go show myself to the priest so that they can be able to declare me as healed. I'm not even healed yet. I still have leprosy. And now you want me to go and show myself to the priest? There will be moments, thanks to God. Well, Jesus will give you an instruction that will not match up to your scenario. There will be moments where Jesus will give you detailed instructions on what he wants you to do. And his expectation is that this will not be a conversation, but that you would just do what I said to do, how I said to do it, and when I said to do it. He says, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, here it is, thanks to God, as they went, they were cleansed by their leprosy. Oh, there's a blessing in your obedience. Somebody ought to put that in the comments right now. There's a blessing in your obedience. There's a blessing in your obedience when you do what he says to do, when he says to do, how he says to do it, without there ever being a conversation, but that you hear what he says, even though it may not make sense. But I do it. And because I obey without second-guessing myself or second-guessing him, there's a blessing in the obedience. Take somebody in your house and say, wake them up. Tell them it's Sunday morning they're at home. Wake up and tell them there's a blessing in their obedience. Then it gets good right here at verse 15. 
It says one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. Here it is, saints of God, we're in this season of Thanksgiving. And like I said earlier, every day is a day of Thanksgiving that we don't want to miss a moment that we drop the ball and, never, and fail to acknowledge and to thank God for everything that he has done in our lives. Here's the first thing, saints of God, if we're not going to drop the ball, here's what we need to do. We need to remember what he's done. It's real easy but hard at the same time. We have to remember what he's done. Look at the text right there. It says that he tells him, I want you to grow. You have cried out to me for mercy. You have acknowledged who I am. So I want you to go. And as you go, show yourself to the priest. The Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. But verse 15 gets real good because 10 of them are on the journey going to the priest to declare themselves to be clean. Now there's only one that remembers what he has done. And he's the one that comes back to say, thank you. If I were to have a testimony service that passes the mic around, we'd be all the way in 2026. If we all we had to do was go back and to remember what God has already done in our lives. If all we had to do, in fact, sometimes when we're complaining and we're whining and we're frustrated and we're upset because of where we are and it almost seems as if God is not hearing us and that he's not answering our prayers, that he's not showing up as fast as we desire for him to be every now and then, it's good for you to have your own testimony service to be able to reflect back and to remember all the doors that God has opened, all the times that he has healed you, all the times he has provided for you, all the times he has made a way for you, all the times he has opened up doors, all the times he has closed some doors, all the times he has shut some stuff down, all the times he has kicked some stuff down. Every now and then, it's good for us to be able to remember what God has done because the more we begin to remember, the more we begin to think, the more we begin to to think the more we begin to think the more we begin to reflect upon the goodness of God and all that God has done for us you won't be able to do anything but to lift your hands and say hallelujah thank you Jesus you won't be able to do anything else but allow for tears to run down your face once you begin to remember what the Lord has done. Imagine with me, use your sanctified imagination. As my childhood pastor would say, the late President White Jr., he would say that often when he was preaching. Well, imagine with your sanctified imagination how this brother felt that he has been in isolation. We don't know how long he has been separated from society. He follows what Jesus says to do. He's probably thinking to himself, I got to walk. I'm going to be embarrassed because people know my condition. People know my issues. They know what's going on. And I'm, no, I'm knowing that as he's walking and probably thinking about that thing, he begins to realize and recognize the fact, wait a minute now, I'm seeing color come back to my hand. I'm seeing feeling come back to my hand. And all of a sudden, he remembers what God had did for him. And he could not wait to go and show himself to the priest. He had to turn around and go back and to tell God thank you because he realized it is not the priest that has healed me. It's not the medicine that has healed me. It's not people that has healed me. It has been Jesus himself that has touched me and healed me from all of my infirmities. It's good for us to go back and to remember what he 
has done. When's the last time you just sat down and thought about from January up until now all the things that God has done? I know you still got some prayer requests out there. I know you still believe in God to do some big things in your life, but I promise you, if you can remember what he has done from January up until now, it will blow your mind to realize how good God has been to us in spite of us being unfaithful and inconsistent, how good God has been to us, in spite of us not always obeying him the first time, to see how good God has been to us. It's good for us to be able to remember what he has done. But look at verse 16. He just could not stop right there by saying praise God and shouting praise God. Verse 16 says, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. The, this man was a Samaritan. But the, the next thing, if we're not going to drop the ball, saints of God, we have to remember what he's done. But then the second thing, we're about to get out here and eat some more leftovers from Thursday. We have to thank him for what he has done. Whatever it is that Jesus has done for you in your life, I don't care what your degree is. I don't care what your pay grade is. I don't care if you are an introvert or an extrovert. But what really matters is that when I experience the goodness of God in my life I have to express that verbally and telling God thank you it may be in the form of a dance it may be in the form of a run it may be in the form of a shout it may be in the form of my hands going up but whatever it may be when I've experienced God doing something for me that should not have been done when I experienced God doing something for me that I thought would never happen my proper response is to be able to tell God thank you. When's the last time that you told God, God, I thank you for life, health, and strength. God, I thank you for my job. God, I thank you for my family. God, I thank you for my mind. God, I thank you for the activities of my limbs. God, I thank you for my job. I thank you for my boat. When's the last time that you begin to call the roll to thank him for what he has done? And here it is, sense of God, it has to be something that is demonstrated publicly because it serves as a witness to other people about the power of God. And how he does stuff that sometimes it don't make no sense, that he does stuff that we don't even deserve, that he does stuff in his own way, in his own time. And for every believer that he has done anything for you, open up any doors, made any ways, you ought to open up your mouth and verbalize your gratitude to your father and telling him thank you for what he has done because it could have been another way. But thank God through his grace, through his mercy, that he heard our cries and he was attentive to our needs. Told him, he said, was it not nine, was it not ten that I healed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give God glory except for this foreigner? This Samaritan that other people didn't even want to deal with it all. This Samaritan, he had a double Double women, he had leprosy and he was a Samaritan. They didn't even want to use the same utensils as Samaritans. He said, so has this foreigner been the only one that has sense enough to be able to come back and tell God thank you? Let's put it in 2023 language. 
Is this the person that no one else expected to be able to thank God? The only one that has come back to say thank you? Let me ask you a question. We're getting ready to get out of here. Are you the one or are you the nine? Are you the one that you realize that what, have, what you are experiencing in your life could only be done by Jesus. And to express your gratitude and your thanksgiving, you return back to tell them thank you or are you the nine that all of a sudden now has amnesia and you've forgotten what the Lord has done for you. And you've been healed, now you're whole. But you have not even come back to care to tell God thank you. I love it because when he tells them to go and show yourself to the priest, this was a faith move that they had to make. They have to have enough faith and trust in Jesus that we're going to follow what you're saying to do. Because we're putting ourselves out there, Jesus. Folks are going to talk about us. They're going to, they, we got to walk out here with signs in front of us saying that we're unclean, that we're, we're putting everything on the line, Jesus. But it was a step of faith. And because they made the step they were cleansed as they went. Jesus reversed everything around and changed it up. And as they went, he healed them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Could you be missing out on your next move? Could you be missing out on the next miracle that Jesus wants to do on your life? Because you're afraid to take that step of faith? Are you nervous? You know, you know what the Savior is saying. You know what he's asking for you to do. But you're afraid to take, make that move. Because that move is going to cost you something. That move is going to cost you something. As the old movie say, it may cost you a little. It may cost you a lot. But it's going to cost you. And can I tell you? If there's anybody that I will put everything on, it's Jesus. If there's anybody that I could put everything on, it's Jesus. And for somebody, you know what he is calling and drawing you to do. He keeps reminding you, I'm not letting you forget it. Your miracle is on the other side of your obedience. Your miracle is on the other side of your obedience. If you can just trust and obey and take that step, your miracle is on the other side of your obedience. Are you the one? Or are you the nine? You the one that came back to tell him thank you? Or are you the nine that has forgotten? Here's what I've realized. Grateful people can be trusted with more. Why? Because we appreciate the giver more than the gift. People that live in continual gratitude and thanksgiving for what the Lord has done can be trusted with more because they have a greater appreciation for the giver more than the gift.
Are you the one or are you the nine? Have you been praying that God would give you more, but he keeps saying, wait a minute, you keep dropping the ball. You won't even tell me thank you for what you already had. Are you continuing to ask him for more? But he keeps saying, wait a minute. But I want you to thank me for the little bit. I want you to thank me for what I've already done in your life that I didn't have to do. But I heard you when you cried to me. I heard you when you called out to me. And I responded. I responded to you. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. I don't know where you are. I want to pray with you this morning because I really feel that, 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 that your, your next miracle is on the other side of your obedience. Just take that step. If you can put it all on anybody, you can put it all on Jesus and trust him that if he says to go, he's got me. That if he says move, he got me. If he says give, he's got me. That whatever it is that he's calling you to do, he's got you. Just trust him. Just make the move. I want to pray for you. I may be talking to a, a husband. I may be talking to a wife. I may be talking to someone on the head of your home. And, you, and you're saying, well, Pastor, this is confirmation. I know what I need to do. But I'm nervous. I want to pray now that fear will be released from your feet. That fear will be released from your hands. That fear will be released from your mouth. That you will act on and do what the Savior is saying to do. When he says to do it. How he says to do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up every individual that's watching right now, Father. You know where they are. You know what's going on. You know what they're experiencing. God, I pray now. That before this day even ends, God. That they as a family will come together. To testify of your goodness. To testify of your kindness. To testify of your love. To testify of the many blessings that you have bestowed upon them that you didn't have to do. I pray for the one God that they, since you telling them to move, since you telling them to act, oh God, but they're just nervous and scared. I pray that they will learn from these lepers that they will put everything on you and do and go and say and that as they act, oh God, that you will respond to their action. They won't talk themselves out of it, Father. They won't allow fear to cheat them out of this moment. But that they will follow through. I pray, Father God, that we can practice living in gratitude that we can practice living in appreciation that we can practice living and expressing thanksgiving for all that you have done for us and father i end this prayer for those that are grieving right now that this is the first holiday without a loved one and it's uncomfortable I pray that you will remind them that they can grieve at their own schedule. If they don't want to be around people for Thanksgiving, that's fine. It's okay. 
It may not always be like this, but it's okay if it's like that right now. If they're frustrated with themselves because they're still crying and it's been years after the fact, God, let them know they're not grieving on no one's schedule but, but their own. Thank you for family and friends that will be understanding if they just want to be by themselves for a moment. They won't guilt trip them into coming to family gatherings or being around others. But that when they're ready, that they'll be ready for community that will be ready to love on them and appreciate them. Thank you, Father, that grace is sufficient for us in all things. And it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. And every heart said amen.